Fearless to me is being able to be who I was growing up, like I am now. But I was fearless, you know, because I did what I wanted to do. But I did it with the the subconscious. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Naist invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Naist. All right, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and I have a very special, special guest with me today. We both thought we're like, she's not going to want to come on. I don't know if she wants to come on my podcast. And you know how that imposter syndrome happens in this world, even to the best of us. But I got her on my show. Her name is Tracy Reed. And she is going to tell you who she is and what she does. So, Tracy, tell my audience who you are, what it is exactly that you do, and then we're going to rock and roll like I told you earlier. Let's do this. Let's go. Well, I'm Tracy Reed. I currently live in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm local to the DFW team here in, you know, Apex. And uh, I'm originally from West Texas, Midland. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but uh, I'm a West Texas girl. But I grew up here in Fort Worth, and uh, this is my hometown. And um, I am a clinical trial administrator by day. I manage clinical trials for cancer drugs and um, atopic dermatitis, skin diseases, severe skin diseases. Um, So I do that by day. And then my hustle, side hustle, just for something fun for me to do. Um, There's a kind of a story behind all that is um, I am a a safety educator, educating women, children, and sometimes men uh, on situational awareness and uh, safety devices uh, with Warrior Up and Damsel in Defense. I love it. And her, her, her business is called Warrior Up. And if you knew this lady like I did, everybody, she's a warrior. And I've watched her for a while. And she's just an amazing lady who uh, doesn't know the word quit and is always trying to help someone. And she's very caring and compassionate because one of our own in our group that we belong to, if they're down and needing help, Tracy is one of the first to, hey, we need prayers. Let's do this. And I love that about you, Tracy. But what I like to do with my podcast is kind of go back a little bit. I mean, you go back as far as you want, but I like to show my audience, right, the, the challenges you've been through to get to where you're at today. Because I want to show people like you, you've overcome, and like all of us, are still overcoming some obstacles. But like I got to tell you, everybody, she's a badass. She don't play. And she's a very sweet and loving person. But I want her to tell you in her own words. So what were some of the challenges you've gone through, Tracy, that have brought you to where you are today? Well, um, thank you, Max. I really appreciate you having me on here, by the way. Um, It is an honor to be on here, and I'm so thankful because it's been on my mind for the last two to three months. I'm like, I want to connect with this dude. I have been wanting to do it forever, so thank you, first and foremost. Um, It's an honor to be able to be in your little circle, even if it's virtually for us. Um, Maybe someday we'll meet each other, but um, yeah, my... uh, 
my history goes way, way back. Um, I have uh, grew up without a father, um, did not have a good growing up. You know, I didn't have a good life growing up. I lived um, with my brothers and sisters, six brothers and sisters at that with my mother who was single. My dad left my mom. Um, when I was, uh, gosh, four years old. Oh, wow. And, um, and I rarely saw my dad anymore. So I didn't really have a father figure growing up. And then, uh, my mom married my brother's, my, my mom married my dad's brother. And, um, we experienced some sexual assault in that relationship. Um, so I'm actually a sexual assault supporter to both of my sisters, um, and then we left that relationship shortly after. And then I, you know, have just been pretty much with my mom at that time, but I moved out on my own at 16, been on my own, um, very young age, trying to make a living. I always said I was going to make a living on my own and get what I wanted because I never had what I wanted as a child. So I knew if I was going to stay that. Um, I wasn't going to, I wouldn't be able to have anything. So I moved out at 16, had my own home for $75 a month. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> You're giving our went to, Yeah. Went to school, um, worked part-time as a manager at a sporting goods store, um, lived on my own until I graduated high school. And then, you know, ventured off, got married at a, I would say fairly young age right now, because to me, um, I got married at 24 and that, um, actually, let me back up a little bit. At 16, I started dating older men. And I think that was a result of me not having a father. I was always constantly looking for a father figure, which pretty much was a devastating uh, thing that I look back on now because, you know, that is a result of what's pretty much what's happened to me over the last 38 years um, dating older men. And then I got married. And then um, shortly after I got married, uh, that guy, the day after I got married, actually the night before I got married, that guy abused me, physically abused me. We got, I knew I shouldn't have went through with the wedding, but I got married. And then the next day, I mean, over the next series of probably the next two months, he basically tried to kill me. So I left that relationship. And then it went into a spiral of, um, very deep depression um got pregnant out of marriage <laughs> and you know married because i was pregnant and then you know um i ended up leaving that relationship because i became a runner looking for something that i didn't have as at a young age so um left that relationship and never married again and then um uh Recently, not recently, 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I met my husband. And um, and even throughout this marriage, 20 years, I was still kind of a runner trying to chase something that I didn't know what I was chasing. I think I was looking for love in all the wrong places, right. you know, because I thought if I'm going to lead this relationship, I don't find somebody who's going to love me, you know. But thankfully, by the grace of God, um, last year... My son um, invited me to join um, the mastermind. He did not tell me why he wanted me to join it. He just invited me. He said, I challenge you to join, you know, this mastermind, mother. And uh, I've, I usually don't turn it on a challenge. Right. <laughs> and uh, 
so I joined and then, man, I went on an entire different journey that I never even thought I was going to go on. I had no clue what I was doing, no clue what getting in here. I, I didn't own a business at the time, um, but got in it and realized six months in that, you know, my, my son had the, um, the ability to not throw me under the bus and tell me, mom, you need help. You know, one of those things, because mentally I was fine. Men I say mentally, I mean, I could hold down a job, you know, I could hold, uh, I've had one job for 25 years, got laid off and have been at my other job for 10 years. So it wasn't like I was mentally messed up where I couldn't hold down a job. I've, you know, always been successful in my careers, you know, had cars, whatever, money, whatever, you know, um, but mentally I was messed up because I just, I completely lost myself. Right. Um, didn't know my head from a hole in the ground um and um man i started digging in to my inner work and healing journey and just getting on the podcast and listening to everybody i was like wow this is my husband asked me to join he thought i needed to get my shit together you know oh i'm so sorry okay. no you can hey this is it's not rated x but it's like more rated r the language is okay Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, so I ended up, you know, two months in, gosh, that was, I joined in February and then March, I went out to see Wally. And then shortly after that, I've got into some mentality coaching, did that for three months. And I was like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want my, I want to own my own business. Right. So that's literally how I got into warrior up. And, um, you know, honest, to be honestly honest, Max, um, I got into Warrior Up for a reason, and I think I thought at the time, you know, it was because of the domestic violence and the uh, I'm a sexual assault supporter to my family members, and uh, I prayed about that for two years, and I was just like, at the time, that was in the season that I was in, um, that was where I needed to be. So right. I started damsel in defense which is not my company but it's a dsa but i'm in, an independent rep for damsel and uh and then i'm you know i my own business is warrior up because i do stuff outside of that so right. yeah so let's go back a little bit right because if you think about it a lot of the stuff that we go through is a direct result of our childhood right things that have happened to us or not happened to us and I can relate with you, right? Like my mom and dad divorced when when I was five, right? And then I didn't see him for a long time. And and people have heard me share this on the show, right? Where, I mean, there was no domestic violence, but, you know, your dad comes back, you're 10 years old and you're like, cool, like I got my dad back, right? And he's, he's spending time with me and my little brother. And, right, instead of hearing it from family members, I get to actually spend time with him and, and then he has to go back to the Philippines with his wife and he says, I'll be back for your birthday. So, right. My birthday's in March. This was in January uh, back then. And then March comes and goes, no dad, April comes along. And then I find out he passes away of a mass at 55 years old. Right. So like, it's, I, I tell people this cause I want them to understand 11 year old kid. It was like, how dare you die? I got so pissed off. Excuse my language that he broke his promise. It was more about he broke his promise than, hey, Max, your dad passed away. 
right? But no, 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 that doesn't count. He broke his promise. And now I'm going to be pissed off for the next 20 years, right? And that's a lot of the reasons as I look back, the stuff I went through, the challenges like addiction and, you know, doing the same thing, going from one relationship to the other. And I didn't have a lot of them, but it was like, I'm a runner too, right? If it got uncomfortable, see ya. I'm yeah. I, so like what you've gone through, that's some serious stuff, right? Whether it's your sisters, because as a sibling, you must have felt like very helpless at that time that there was nothing you could do. You know what I mean? Like, how did you handle that as a young lady growing up, like watching that happen to your sisters? Um, how do you think that shaped some of the decisions you made? Well, I can tell you that um, I caught him doing it. Now, I didn't physically see him doing it because I was actually on top. I was on the top bunk and my sister was on the bottom. When I woke up, he was with my sister. And uh, when I woke up, he, he heard me wake up and he left. And then uh, I got my sister up and asked her you know what did he do and she told me and so i i didn't care what happened even though i knew my stepfather was abusive mean very he was one of those that we feared him even when my mother got married but my mother was single with six kids and what was she going to do my dad wasn't helping you know uh, well at the time he was but you know 75 dollars a month per child is not a lot of money but you know in uh you know, my mother needed help. So he helped my mother because it was my dad's brother. You know, I didn't care. I went to my mother the next morning and told my mother what happened. And by the grace of God, Max, by the grace of God, because I've heard so many people tell me how, you know, young girls will go to the parents and tell their parents that, you know, somebody touched them and the parents will, um, you know, not believe the children. Sorry, and so, sorry about that, Tracy. Did you? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was getting interrupted. Are you okay? Can you? Can we continue? I can uh, pause it. And we could go back. Hold on, just a moment. Just one okay. okay. Yeah. So we. Yeah. So um, the next morning, I uh, I went and got my mother and told my mother what happened. I I was not going to let it go. I don't know what at five years old or six years old, I don't know what led me to just go, I'm not going to put up with this. I went and told my mother, I didn't care. I was, I wasn't going to live in fear of this man who I hated anyway. But um, by the grace of God, Max, my mother was one of those that she believed me. Okay. And the next day she called my dad who was in El Paso with his new wife. And my dad told her, you need to stay with him anyway. Wait, and excuse me, say that yeah. again. My dad told my mother, you need to stay with him anyway, because he'll take care of you and the kids. And this was his brother that my mom had married. Yeah. And uh, of course, my mother was devastated. We were all devastated. And so my mother got a U-Haul the next day. And we literally loaded up what we could in a U-Haul and hauled, but never looked back. My mother filed for divorce and we never looked back. We never filed any charges or anything because, you know, that back in the day, you didn't do that. You know, he was right. actually, um, he was kind of high up in the military 
Um, but you know, back in the day, that was uh, it was taboo. It was not the thing to do to you know turn people in. It was just one of those things you kept it quiet. But by the grace of God, I still pray. I still praise my mother for believing in me. And um, and then yeah, we moved to DFW and down in Cleveland, Texas, and enrolled us in school within a week and then we grew up and lived there um most of our life and then all of us kind of dispersed out and i ended up leaving and go, coming to fort worth when i turned 18 and have been here ever since so wow because when i hear that and i can see it it still affects you right and like you said thank god your mother believed you right because how many times have we heard the opposite a lot lying you're that's not true he wouldn't do that or whatever so yeah god bless your mother for believing you right because it could have gone the other way right but it, it's still those are those lessons that teach you right like as mm -hmm. parents like you are grandparents we need to listen to our children or our grandchildren right because they could be telling us something and not just brush them off because i got like when you and i were younger i like you know, a lot of that generation was like, you could be seen, but we don't want to hear you. Like, go go play right. your thing. And But those are the things that shape us as we get older, right? Like those, I like to call those life events that either make us or break us. And here you are today sharing your story, right? Which I know is going to help my audience a ton, right? Because you stood up for your sister. Yeah. Right? And, and it could have gone south. And I, I, I thank God that it didn't, right? Because it's turned you into this human being that I say, like I told you earlier, I think you're a wonderful, strong woman who is out there to help people change the world and, and do, you know, do good in the world. And that's what we need a lot of this. Thank you, Max. That means the world to me. So you leave home at 16. That's got to be tough. Right. And when you said that, I, for some reason, my sister who passed away eight years ago came to mind. Right. Because the story, my brother in law and her got married at 16. And my mom would tell me, my sister would tell me these stories. Right. Where they get in a fight. Right. My, my sister would show up on my mom's doorstep or sitting on the stairs at the apartment they lived in. And my mom would see her. Right. And, and, walk up to her, tell her hi, and then she would grab her bag, grab her, put her back in the car and go, you wanted this, you're going, and would take her back to her husband. And they ended up being married 40 plus years, you know? Yeah. That's that's an age where I think you're coming into your own. So you probably got fast-tracked into adulthood. How was that time when you left home and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on my own two feet and I'm leaving home? Bye, everybody. How did that go for you? Well, I'll tell you, it, it, I, I mean, I had a choice. Um, my mother was leaving to go to Oklahoma to go live with her sister, who they were best friends, and she was also single. Um, and I could, and it was my, it was my sophomore year, and um, I either had a choice to go with my mother, or I could stay in Cleburne and live with my older brother, which I didn't want to do. Um, my brother was, you know, a heavy drinker at that age. Um, my, I watched my brother go some, through some abuse as well from my own father. Uh, and I just said, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go to Oklahoma and I'm not living with my brother. Right. And 
Um, and I guess, you know, I don't know if because from an early age on, even at the age of six, that I was like, man, I'm going to be the adult and, take, you know, save my sister, you know. <laughs> I was like in that rescue mode, but I had always said, you know what, if I want anything, if I want the nice clothes, if I want the nice shoes, if I want a car, you know, I'm going to have to work for it because my mother is not going to be able to give it to me. And so I just said, you know, I told my mother, I said, I'm going to live on my own. And she's like, there's no way you can live on your own. And I said, watch me. And I literally went and found a house, a one bedroom house for $75 a month and went to school, worked afterwards as a sporting goods manager and and left and partied like hell <laughs> when I <laughs> when I moved out moved down my own house I was I was raising hell partying doing whatever I wanted to do in my house at sixteen it, everybody thought it was the coolest thing that I had my own house at sixteen years old. So your house but, was a party um, house yeah. back then I bet right. It was. I mean, I remember one of the biggest parties I ever had. I got a call the next day. The The DPS came out and said, hey, you need to clean up this party for the two miles this way and two miles that way because there was so many people there that uh, it was uh, known for a little bit of a party house. So. so 16, you're coming into your own, right? Because you're on your own now. You decide I'm going to be Miss Independent. Talk about some of those challenges, though. You know what I mean? Like being on your because you you were by yourself correct i was yes at the time so being 16 what were some of those challenges you went through and how how did you get through them like well um you know i like i said earlier you know i went through that stage of um i was looking for love in all the wrong places i mean because i didn't have a father figure i didn't have anybody to you know love me and so i was looking to older men you know, for what I thought, I thought was, you know, a relationship of somebody that was going to love me and take care of me when it really turned out. I mean, I was young dating 30 year old men, um, which was a disaster. I look back at that now and I'm like, I can't imagine that my 16, 17 year old grandbabies are dating 30 year old men, but I didn't have my mom here to tell right. me what are you thinking, you know? Um, and, it it was a series of that point on from that point on i started dating the older men and and that one guy and then another guy and then another guy and then i met as soon as i graduated at 18 you know i went to work at brown and root which is a construction company out at the nuclear power plant and uh that uh was the beginning of the relationship where I met a guy that, that I married the, the first guy that I married. Okay. Struggles. Yes. Because, you know, uh, I was, yeah, I mean, not making a whole lot of money working part-time going to school, you know, not much, but I mean, even though $75 a month is not a lot of money, but back in the day, I mean, you had to groceries, gas money, you know, right. uh, um, I don't even know how I made it. Honestly, I don't have memory of a lot of that max because um of the abuse and um i don't have a lot of memory i'm getting it back now that i'm in healing but um some of it i don't even remember yeah i can't blame you and because that's a right because 
You're right. You're probably looking for that affection you never got from your father, right? So that's why you start mm -hmm. dating older men, right? You know, and I always ask my guests about the challenges. And what I forget to do sometimes is what were some of the lessons you learned through that time that helped you grow stronger? You know, like when you look back as you're healing and getting your memory back and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was some good dudes and I'm, I know there was probably some really horrible ones. But what were those lessons now that you carry on that you learn that you'll teach your kids and your grandkids so they have a because like you're right right when we don't have that parental guidance right that had to be tough for you right because i'm sure there was days you just wanted to go to your mom and cry on her shoulder and you know have her tell you it's going to be okay right but no mm -hmm. there's Casey at 16 all by herself and she doesn't have that so what were some of the lessons you know or your dad what were some of the lessons that you got from that time in that period of your life? Man, if I could tell any child today or any parents for that matter that, um, you know, to establish a closer relationship with your kids, because I look at the damage that it did to me. And I, I literally, I, I, I have this in my head someday that I'm, if I ever write a book, you know, um, what not having a father figure in my life did, to me i would that would be my book because well, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop you real quick because i want you to hear something you said if i'm gonna tell you you are going to write a book you need to tell yourself you are going to write a book okay when i write my book <laughs> i love you. yeah i write my book it's going to be titled what what not having a father did to me literally because Man, if I could, if I could tell any, any father and any daughter, especially daughters and sons for that matter, because my son's going through the same thing basically right now is to um, establish a close relationship because you will never know what that means to you until you get older. Um, you will realize how much you wish you had a closer relationship and listen to your parents and, and vice versa. I mean, you know, the parents need to listen to the kids as well. Absolutely. Right. And I, I know I've, you know, I don't know if, if, you know, my story, but part of that in my addiction, right, is not being there for my children for like nine years and literally could be in the house next door and having that guilt and shame be so bad that I'm like, I'm going to wait till either they go to school or I'll wait till they're asleep and I'll go do my thing. Right. And as my addiction got worse and worse, the less and less I tried to see my kids. Right. So I get that. Like my heart goes out to you. Cause I, if I could do it different, that was one, that's the only, I don't want to, well, yeah, it's a regret, right. That I wish I was there for my kids, but that journey that we go on, right. It's what makes us who we are today. And it's only yep. made you a stronger person, right? Yeah, if you could go back and tell your 16-year-old self and, and or tell your mom, like, mom, I needed you back then, right? We would do it different. But now as parents and grandparents, guess what? We get a whole new chance to do that over again. And I've been back now 20 years in their lives. So, right, and we butt heads because, you know, when they don't get their way, they want to say, dad, you weren't there for a long time. I'm like, oh. yeah. I like to call it family systems. I, I learned that through um, through Austin, you know, is my son and um, his father-in-law taught me, you know, 
family systems is everything. I never realized what that was until, um, well, I lost my mother uh, 21 years ago. Um, I haven't not had um, any close parents to really, you know, have a good relationship with and loving and caring relationship like I did with my mother. And I kind of took to Austin's father-in-law um, and he has had helped me and helped me and Ken both, you know, and, um, you know, he would always tell me, he's like, Tracy, he goes, I, I've, I've battled depression all my life. I've battled um, com confidence all my life, which is so weird, Max, because um, it, it's, I don't understand that comprehension and what, what's going on in my brain because I literally, I've always said I'm going to be successful. And from day one, when I got my job, my very first job at Brown and Root, I was making, at, at the time, you know, 20 years old, I was making $60,000 a year with no degree at a nuclear power plant. And I was like, I'm going to work my way up and make good money all the rest of my life. And I've done that. So it's not like it was, it messed me up mentally because I functioned uh, in the workplace and I functioned with friends and I, I it's like, I don't have friends. I mean, I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't not have any friends and I get along with my family. I just did not do well um, with family systems because I didn't have any, but I learned that through Steve, which was Austin's uh, father-in-law who's since passed away. And he was a pastor and he told me, he said, um, you know, you never had any family systems from an early age because, you know, my dad was leaving my mother when I was age three, messing around with other women and um, dad was in and out of my life. So I never had those family systems that taught me how to be a family. And that destroyed my life because I could never, and still to this day, I struggle with my relationship with my husband. Not so much now because I've been in healing for 17 months, but uh, family systems stuck with me. And, and he's like, you know, that is one thing I drove into Austin and Aaron was that, you know, if you're going to marry my daughter, you're going to establish family systems. And they've done that. And I'm like, wow, if I could go back and tell anybody, parents, young parents, uh, kids who want to start out young is to really think about before you get married, you know, and then when you decide to get married to establish family systems, because it makes all the world and the difference in how your kids will turn out to be. Right. Absolutely. There's a guy named John Bradshaw that talks about that. He's a, I think he's passed away, but he was a therapist that was very well known for talking about family systems, how you, how family that you could have good family systems, bad. And then it, points out the different roles that each family member plays, right? And then he tells you, and you'll, well, I've studied it a little bit, but how he talks about, right, how to have good family systems by including, you know, everyone in that family. It, yes, there's mom, dad, then the children, right? But like you talked about being there for your children and having those conversations early on, they might not understand, but you've heard that saying, right? They always say, you never know who's watching, but we know who's watching, right? And it's usually our children. Like, what are children? Yeah. Children, grandchildren. I mean, like, my grandchildren are watching me and Ken, you know, and I, I I'm like, thank God I'm healing. 
Absolutely. Literally. Right? And yeah. it's never too late, right? It's we're never too young or too old to stop learning and trying to be become like in the group we belong to, right? That most the best and most elite version of ourselves, right? And sometimes that means that we got to stop what we're doing, take a deep look at what drives us, what like what our belief systems are and see what we can change for the better. You know what I mean? We might have some yeah. old beliefs that are not working for us anymore and we get to take a look and go, okay, right? Because that's how we grow and evolve as people. And right, because right? just like you, I want to be a good, I want my grandkids to say, hey, I like grandpa. He's a good dude. Like he says what he means and he means what he says. So watch out, right? Like I'm proud of my grandpa instead of like back in my day, right? Where like my kids would probably say, "Where I don't know where my dad is. How, how horrible is that? You know, I think about yeah. that a lot, but like you, I did the healing, you know, I did the stuff, the work, and I continue to do the work to this day. Yeah, to this day. You know, that I can be that better husband, a better father, better grandfather, and a friend, and, and be the better podcast host, so we can have these wonderful conversations about how we grow as people, despite the stuff we've gone through. So, yeah. how are you doing today? And like, what is going on in your life? You talked about this healing you want to, would you like to tell my audience about that? Cause I'm sure they're going to, you know, they heard your stuff. Now they're going to go, well, how is she healing? She's talking about this healing the past 17 months. What yeah. does it look like? Well, I'll tell you when I first, um, <laughs> when I first got into, when I got, actually got on my very first podcast, it was with Kevin Faulkner and um, Stacey Rasky and a couple of other people. I think you might've even been on this one. I don't know. A couple of other people was on there quite a few. And uh, Stacey Rasky was talking about, you know, healing. And I thought I had already gone out to see Wiley and I had done an, in, uh, an energy uh, um, at the time. I don't know at the time if he called it NLP. Maybe it was, but it was, a, you know, I did one session with him, went out to Utah. Um, and it it's the weirdest thing, Max, because I was like, I read this girl's book. I don't know if you know her or not, Caitlin Young. And I read her book and she had told me that she went out to see Wally and, um, and I was like, Oh my God, I wonder if I go out there, uh, would it heal me? And so I called her and she's like, yes, it did wonders for me. And uh, I go, is it, does it help for trauma, you know, past trauma, physical trauma, sexual trauma, um, you know, depression, because I've been, I've been on depression med since I was 20, 21 years old. Um, and she's like, yes, absolutely, it worked. Well, I called him, and uh, it's the craziest thing, Max, because I was like, I didn't know this guy from Adam, you know? And I booked my flights, and I called him, and he's like, look, let's just do it over the computer. And I said, no, because I knew in my head, I was like, I don't do well anyway. I don't, I mean, I can read, but I'm, I'm not a good comprehension person when it comes to trying to understand and really get something that I need in my head on a, on, you know, a zoom call. Right. Uh, and, no, I want to come out there. And he's like, that's crazy. He goes, let me save you the money. And I said, no, I don't care. I just, I'll pay whatever. Right. Booked my flight. Well, come on, booked my flights with him. And again, I didn't know this guy, never met him. I knew he was in Apex. He he said, let me pick you up at the airport. And I was like, okay. Uh, 
again, not knowing who this guy was, which is the craziest thing to me because I'm like, here I am teaching self-defense about, you know, not getting in the car with anybody, you know. <laughs> I look back on and I was like, was I stupid back then? But literally I let him pick me up and um and he had to do a couple of things before um he uh, we took off to go uh, do a session together, but he had to go take his son and everything. And then he came back and picked me up and we took off up in the mountains in St. George, Utah. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's the most beautiful place I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, very beautiful, isn't it? Yes. And uh, we drove up in there and we get out and I was like, oh my God, this guy's going to take me up in the mountain and kill me. <laughs> You're probably thinking, what? I'm doing everything opposite of what I teach. <laughs> yes, yes. But at the time, I wasn't teaching self-defense, you know. Uh, but I was like, Wally, where are we going? He goes, we're going to go hiking up in here. And I was like, Wally, I've never hiked a day in my life, ever. Well, I take that back. I've been hiking. I go, I hiked a, a mile when I had hip surgery, and I didn't even make a mile. I go, I, I don't hike. I don't know what you're thinking. I go, if, and he's like, no, you'll be fine. And we get out of his car and he hands me a bottle of water and he said, I go, you're going to need more than this. I'm going to need more than this bottle of water. I need a stick. Otherwise, you're going to be making, you're going to be carrying me up there and carrying me down. He goes, you need to have faith. You're going to make it just fine. And Max, I don't know what came over me, but we took off walking. And I don't know if you've ever hiked up in there, but you, you literally could hike up there barefooted. There's no stickers. It's just rock and this cold, wet, dark red sand. It's yeah. unbelievable. But I took off and there was only one time that he had to help me up, uh, up a climb to get up. And um, we took off up in there and, um, and he took me under this cave like thing. Uh, and we sat down and I looked out over this, over this amazing mountain. And there was a whole tall mountain over here and a tall mountain over here and i looked out and there's this big old white angel and i go oh look wiley that's my mom she's here watching over me i'm gonna be okay yeah and i knew then that i was gonna be healed it i i have fought for 38 years going to talk to psychiatrists and doctors and prescription meds and i could not get any healing and i knew then that that day i was like this is the hot type of healing i needed and it was inner healing inner work that you know doctors can't heal that no that's yeah. something that has to come from within right and you'll find out why like i put a why in the happiness part that's kind of a big reason but that's awesome right you go you barely know this gentleman right but you know he's part of our group and you're like going i'm gonna go get I'm going to start this healing process. That yeah. had been wonderful. That takes one a lot of courage, right? To get that vulnerable and to go by yourself to someone you don't know really, except from what you see on Facebook, and then go, "I need your help," right? So yeah. I think it is NLP that he teaches something like that, right? And maybe yeah. some other things. But I'm I'm so happy to hear when that happens, right? Because it does take a lot of faith. That's when yeah. you're. You're putting your faith in something greater than yourself and going, please keep me safe because I'm going all the way out to this other state that's across, you know, on the western side of the country. And I'm going to go 
So what has that been like since? Like, is there stuff you still do for your healing? Are you still in the process of healing? Or yep. are there things that you yeah. Yeah. So I did that one session with Wiley. And then uh, shortly after that, you know, um, I did about three months of mentality coaching just to kind of get my confidence up. You know, uh, I was just had no, you know, confidence in myself that, you know, I could be somebody I could help others. Although my pastor, Steve Abbey, you know, wasn't really my pastor because he lived in Waco, but he would always tell me, he's like, Tracy, he goes, you do, you just don't understand. He goes, you have so much to offer and you just don't see it in yourself. He told me that multiple times. And, um, you know, I never had it in me. I mean, I had, I had it in every other area, you know, my job, I was great at my job, you know. I just sucked at relationships and I didn't know where I was going. I had no path. I had no vision. I had nothing. He's like, I just can't understand why you don't see, you know, in yourself what I see. He goes, and you have so much there. And I was like, so that stuck with me. Um, And so when I did my mentality coaching for three months, I was like, I'm ready for something else. I want to, I want to start my own business. I don't know why I was just, I've always wanted to own my own business. Um, And I did the healing part because it's kind of leads to that. I stopped doing the mentality coaching and I went into, um, I go, I want to own my own business. Well, I've always wanted to own a boutique. And Austin's like, no, mom, you're in, you're at retirement age. You don't need a boutique. (laughs) And I was like, why not? And he's like, mother, you know, you're, you're on, you're at retirement. You are, you're turning, you're 59 years old, you know, you don't need a boutique. You're, you need to be traveling the world and having fun and going, doing, serving the community. And he said, I just challenge you to go and try to find you something else that you can solve a problem and serve other people. And I was like, well, damn, what am I going to do? You know? And, uh, and so um, I thought about it, prayed for about two months. And then there's a little backstory, how I came up to, came into a, uh, uh Warrior Up was through a, a cop, Texas cop 2.0. I would tell everybody this. A big guy got on uh, TikTok and he was telling women that, you know, he was actually crying and telling women that you need to strap up because of what's going on at the border. Right. And he said, you know, people are telling me that, you know, I need to get the message out to other women. He goes, I'm desperate to get it out to every single woman. And uh, and I, it clicked with me. I was like, Oh, there's there's my story. I mean, I've lived domestic violence. I'm a sexual assault supporter to my family members. And I'm like, oh, this is where I need to be. So that's how I started um, Danzel in Defense and Warrior Up. And then, then that was when it really started coming into the healing part because I was like, oh, wow. I was trying to teach other women who, and it was the trauma of having to talk about it and the trauma of the women who I was trying to educate like destroyed me. I was like, Oh, I don't think that I don't think this is what I'm meant to be doing because I couldn't, I was like, it was all coming back and I hadn't healed from it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, July, that was in March, April, May, June, that was in June. And so in July, I reached out to another girl, Krista, and I said, Hey, I want to come see you. And man, that was the beginning of truly the real beginning of my healing journey. And um, through that, I do 
healing, when I call it healing journey, is actually inner work, but how she does it is through essential oils and um, uh, meditation, uh, singing bowls, just sitting in a room and really talking to her and um, having her guide me and pulling a lot of this, the trauma stuff I didn't even know. I, I honestly think, Mag, that there was things I, I held off of doing that because I was afraid of what I didn't want to know. And I was afraid that I had blocked out so much stuff from my past. Some of it I don't even remember. And I kind of contribute that to taking um, one prescription drug, which I look back on. I have blackouts. I have don't have memory of some of my some of the years right. that I was so afraid that I was going to find out that I had also been molested. Uh, but I made this, I made the commitment to go see her and man, I got addicted to it and I've been going ever since and still going. And, um, you know, I go in and sit with her and she literally brings out stuff, generational trauma that I've dealt with that, all of it has been on my dad's side. Not one thing in 17 months has come out on generational curses from my, my mom's side. Right. Well, yeah, because look what your dad left and then his brother, what he's done and, and then the stuff you did, the guys you dated and stuff. So my yeah. hat's off to you. And I just, if I could give you a hug, right? Because that takes a lot of courage because what you said, knowing going like what's going to come out is, it's a scary thought. Like, what am I going to remember? Right. It's like people with PTSD who yep. can't stop remembering all the stuff that happened. Right. Um, so I praise you for taking, you know, that step to, to heal. Right. Because as you and I know, and you're going through the process, it it's only going to make you stronger. Right. God's going to protect you through it all. And it's going to give you that um healing like you said but it's also going to give you that knowledge like oh that's where this came from or that's where that came from and now i can either just let it go right one of my famous sayings that i got taught when i got sober was let go and let god right and and there's things yep. to do that i i hand over to him all the time when i don't understand it but you know i appreciate yep. you being so open and vulnerable here on my show and, and sharing your story with my audience so now I get to go in the questions I love to ask and right. Okay. Knowing okay. I wrote the book, right? You see my title there. So I the see. First, yeah. The first question I love to ask my, my guests is fearless, right? What does fearless mean to you and how does that show up in your life today? Wow. You know, um, that, I feel like I've been fearless since I was, six years old going to my mother. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am one, I'm a rebel at heart. I I always have been. I've been the black sheep. I've been a rebel. I'm fearless. I don't care what it is. I, I speak my peace. I pretty much always have. Um, fearless to me is being able to be, although I don't know if I was off quite authentically um who I was growing up like I am now, but I was fearless, you know, because I did what I wanted to do, but I did it with um, the subconscious, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. I did things not knowing what, you know, what a lot of stuff that I did, which was some bad stuff. I mean, you know, 
leaving relationships. I'm just running and leaving my husband now and just running. But, you know, it's because I was like, fear, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want because I'm going to go. I'm not, I'm not, I don't fear anything, honestly. I go and do what I want to do. And then there's been a couple times that I've suffered the consequences of my actions, <laughs> you know. Right. As long as we're willing, like my sponsor always say, you can do whatever you want, Max, as long as you're willing to suffer the consequences. So yeah. when, when I first heard that, it made me always go, because I was the same way, right? Like, I've been to jail, I ran the streets, like, I'm not I'm fearless, right? Like, I'm not afraid of nobody. But then he said that to me, and then I'm like, oh, then it made me think about those consequences I've gone through where I'm like, darn, I wish I didn't do that. You know what I mean? I wish I could take that back. Yeah. But, you know what they say what only uh, what doesn't kill us makes us grow stronger so i love it right you're just yeah you're a rebel at heart and i love it damn i, I am one and now some days i keep thinking am i gonna settle my ass down you know <laughs> i not <laughs> i don't think i will it's just i'm making better decisions and i'm actually thinking about it instead of just doing it flying by the seat of my pants you know and making decisions i'm actually consciously making decisions that you know is this going to get me in trouble or is this going to you know is this going to you know make my kids pissed off at me or hurt my children or whatever so yeah i still do some of it but you know i really think about what i'm doing now right we can't be perfect we only know there's one perfect being and he's up there and we just do Absolutely. our best right yeah. I, love it. I love that answer. So my next question for you, Tracy, is happiness. And as you see, I put a Y in it. So I yes. want you to think about that. So knowing I put the Y in happiness, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? There's only really one thing that makes me happy, and it's my babies, my grandbabies. I love my babies. They are my, of course, I love my kids. Right. You know, but I tell, it's the craziest thing, Max. I told, you know, when I married Ken, I truly think God gave me, God put me in Ken's life for a reason. And my mom died shortly after. And my mother told me two weeks before she died, she said, you know, God's given, God, we knew she was terminal unexpectedly. But we thought she had six to nine months to live. But she she told me two months before she passed away, which was within 50 days of getting the diagnosis. And she told me, she said, you know, God's taken, taken um, one angel from you and given you another. Well, all this time, I've always thought it was, you know, I, I, I can say this lovingly now because I'm healed. Right. And Ken and I can joke about it now. But, you know, um, I always told Ken that, you know, that was my mom said, you know, I, I'm losing my mother for Ken, but I will truly believe that God divinely put me and Ken together for a reason, because it wasn't even a year and a half after Ken and I got married that um, his daughter had a baby out of wedlock. Um, and, uh, and his daughter was struggling and going through some things and, um, and she had a special needs baby. And, um, and Ken and I ended up, pretty much raising her all the time. I mean, Lindsay lived here. So, but right. Lindsay at party stage and going and drugs and alcohol and bars. And some days we wouldn't see her for weeks and then she would come home and want to be a mother. And so for 10 years, Ariana lived here and my husband did not want her to have the baby at first, but now, I mean, he's like, Oh my God, you know, 
she's just she's truly an angel and i say this to this day i was like my mom knew my mom had knew there was a reason and i'll say that god i lost my mom so that i could be here to take care of ariana right and you and, know that your mom is with you here and with ariana you know what I mean? yeah yeah i that's how i feel it was i mean i i now and i tell ken that all the time i'm like well ariana's my ariana's the angel that my mom you know god could have put me here for a reason nice. and, uh, and so my um, and it is my grandbabies are my pride and joy i love them so much they make me happy they make me laugh i'm get down on their level and play and cut up and run and play ball and you know, whatever. They are my joy. I don't have anything else other than that 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 makes me as much as happy as my grandbabies do. I love it. I love it. I never thought I would be at that point too until I had grandbaby. Now I know I know I feel you with every word you're saying. I'm like, yep, yep. I'm I'm yep. On, I'm on board, Tracy. Yep. Get what you're saying, because right, all they have to do is smile at you and that joy you you know what I mean? Like there's nothing like a grandchild like hugging you and telling you she loves you or he loves you and playing with yeah. them. Yeah. So. My, uh, my girlfriends couldn't comprehend it. They were like, why are you, you know, you're not going out anymore. Why are you, you know, you keep your baby grandbaby all the time. And I'm like, y'all just don't understand. They didn't have grandbabies. Well, now this last five years, all of my friends are like getting their first grandbabies. Oh, so and they're like, Oh my God, now I understand why you did what you did. Because you literally give up your life. I mean, you don't want to go party anymore. You want to spend all your time, you know, trying to help your kids help their babies. And it's it's just something that until you have a grandchild, people don't understand. Absolutely. And I believe that grandchildren are definitely a gift from God to go. Here's for all the hard work. You get to have have some fun again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I like you. I love my kids and I enjoy my children, but they're just grandbabies. Or, you know, it's cool when you get them all sugared up and go, oh, you get to go home to mommy now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, exactly. Bye. <laughs> I know. And then your kids are like, mom, they're like, they'll skate. Austin's like, mother, stop buying them stuff. Mother, you can't. Don't buy them donuts. They can't have cookies. And I'm like, y'all are not going to tell me what, what to do. My rebel yeah. came out. My, I'm going to give them whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tell them. I just do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, like, again, thank you so much for being here and being so open and honest and vulnerable with my audience. Um, if they want to work with you or find out what you do, Tracy, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can find me on Facebook, which is primarily where I'm at all the time is on Facebook. I'm not a big Instagram person, but I am on Instagram. But you can find me at Tracy uh, underscore Reed on um, Instagram or Warrior Up on Instagram or um, or just Tracy Reed on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. So as we near this, right? I told you there are three questions I get to ask you. So there's one last question I ask all my guests. So before I let you go, I want to ask you, what is this one piece of advice that you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become better people? What's that one piece of advice you would give them? Man, you know, I honestly, 
I have to say that, you know, everybody has issues, right? Everybody. I don't know of one person that's perfect. And if I could say anything is that everybody, if everybody could dig in to their inner self and find even just one thing a week or one thing a month, find one thing in your inner self that you can go and, and fix. Because I guarantee you, once you get hooked on trying to clean up your inner work and heal from any traumas, and trauma doesn't mean that it has to be like, you know, violence. Because when you think of trauma, that's what a lot of people think of as violence. And it's not that. It could be divorce. It could be bankruptcy. It could be, you know, you lost a parent. You know, if you could do the inner work um, and Again, start small and just do inner work and and, and get rid of that uh, shadow. Do your shadow work, do your inner work, and to get rid of that trauma that you're still um, holding on to from the past or even present. Because I'll tell you, it will it can disease your body to a point that you know. I, I, I mean, it it makes you sick. Yeah. It, even though in, in, you don't see it, maybe you don't see it, but you have internal healing. Like, you know, I had like this massive pain in the back of my neck forever. And it was, it was literally internal work that I haven't come to grips with. Um, but if you just did the inner work and, and work on yourself, it is amazing what it can do for you. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Right. And it takes a lot of courage, right? So Bravo. Mm -hmm. It is. It takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of commitment because I, I, you get addicted to it. I mean, I'm I'm going on my 17th month, and even though I don't always see it, you know, my healer, um, but I do the my internal work. I do shadow work on my own too, you know, because you have a lot of stuff that you you know you need to read every day and and journal and you know, write and burn stuff that you know you're thinking about and you're journaling. You want to get it out of there and. So there's still, it's a full-time commitment, honestly, and it's something that I'll probably be doing for the rest of my life. It's not something that you, it's not a one and done situation. Right. Absolutely. Uh, well, even the greats will tell you that it's a journey, right? It's not a destination that you're always trying to evolve, heal, keep yeah. going, heal some more, keep going. It's like that onion analogy, right? Uncover, discover, discard, and then do it all over again. All, all over that takes me back to i don't even know i think when we we uh in, we stopped the podcast i was going to tell you that i remember literally got on the podcast with uh stacy rasky and i was asking her i was like hey how long does it take to heal and she was like well you really can't put a time limit on that no. and i was like because i thought oh i can go here and get one session and i'll be done i'm healed for the rest of my life <laughs> no it <don't> right, right? It's just yeah. like addiction, right? You think people think, you know, once, and there's different thoughts, but I believe once an addict, always an addict, right? But I'm in recovery and I'll always have to work on myself so I don't go backwards, right? Because I could be here today and then Tracy will be like, where'd Max go? And then you'll see someone on Facebook. I don't know. Last thing I heard he was drinking and doing this, right? So he's gone, right? Yeah. So it's for me, it's the same thing. It's It's a constant healing and learning and trying to be better than I was the day before. Right. So I can be better human. Yeah. being. It's and almost, have with my, you know, with, uh, you need, you need to end it. No, no, I, was, I didn't hear. I'm oh. sorry. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean oh, to I was just, 
it's addiction for you. Addiction for you is, you know, that's something you'll work on for the rest of your life. And for me, you know, it's like, I, I'm, I told you, you know, I was a runner all my life because I was running, chasing something that I I was looking for, which was love from in all the wrong places, you know, and right. that's kind of that addiction is kind of like in my marriage. I mean, I'm going on 21 years of marriage and I'm literally trying to heal so that I could stay in my marriage because I don't want to hurt my kids. I don't want to hurt my grandbabies. And I know I said, if I ever leave this relationship, it wouldn't be because it wouldn't be because I ran. It would be because I healed and I healed first and then left because I was finally at a place in my life where I knew I was healing and I wasn't running because I was trying to go chase something that I wasn't right. going to give anybody else because I wasn't healed in my own self. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. You're, you're yeah. doing this journey to heal so that when you make decisions, whether it's leaving a relationship, you'll know it's because it's time to leave because I made the right decision because right. I'm okay. I'm not like on the other end of the state going, I had to leave. Bye. Well, why? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know. I just had to run. Bye. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> and I get yeah. it because I was a big runner too for a long, long time. And um, this has just been amazing, Tracy. Thank you so much for sharing your life and your story with me. It was awesome. Well, thank you, Max, because um, again, I, it was an honor to be with you. I adore you. I think you are an amazing person and I love everything that you are and what you're sharing with your audience. It's, it's just so powerful. Thank you. And it's, no, just like it's, you, I'm just trying to share experiences, maybe that'll help somebody, you know what I mean? And I get, yeah. to, oh, there is a selfish reason. Cause then I get to interview people like Tracy Reed and have a great time doing it. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Uh, the honor's all mine. So you heard it, everybody. If Tracy made you think, if she made you smile, if you learned something, if she made you go, hmm, like, wow, I really got something there. If, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find the podcast. And then we'll keep track of Tracy's journey and bring her on again another time. But thank you, everybody. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And until next time. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnaist.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.